Welcome to Frasier, the Frasier Rewatch Podcast. My name is Adrian Lara. I co-host this show with Greg Catapodi, who is a huge fan of Frasier. This guy has seen every episode multiple times, while me, on the other hand, am a newbie. I'm a relatively unfamiliar with Frasier. I knew of it, but never really got into it. So I am seeing every episode for the first time. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Catapodi. And I'm Adrian Laura. And this is Frasier, the Frasier Rewatch Podcast. And this is Season 1, Episode 6, The Crucible. This episode is about Frasier and art. Frasier having a cocktail party for a local artist that is a big deal. He wants to show that he has uh, put up a piece of work that this artist made. And then, oh no, it's a fake. It's humiliating. This was basically Frasier getting owned and then screaming that he was not owned. That's the whole episode. I think that's a lot of Frasier episodes, right? I really enjoy it, seeing Frasier put in these situations where he is duped. I guess in this case, he's swindled, or so he thinks, right. as is often the case. Right. People are laughing at him. Well, it's why he's the greatest comedic character of her age, because he gets wrecked by these Penny Annie 1870s era frauds over and over and over again. I'm sticking with that. You're sticking with the greatest character, comedic character of all time? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's when, why this is called Frasier. This okay. <laughs> so the episode starts with Frasier in the booth. Nobody's calling in. So he has an impassioned plea to the audience. I'm listening. If anybody wants to call in, the boards are open. Awkward pause. Anybody at all wants to call in? I mean, come on, Seattle. I'm here. I'm listening. I was there for you on your rainy days. It's a sunny day today, but come on. Come on. Come on, listeners. Let's go. Let's go. Roz, do we have anyone? Listeners like, no, I'm too depressed to call in. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're too depressed from listening to this show. There probably were regulars, no. the Frasers, that used to call in, but they're like, fuck this, I'm not calling in anymore. Not going to do it. <laughs> no. I've learned my... Fool me once, Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> Make me think you can solve some of my problems or help, <laughs> but fool me twice and no siree. You just pawned me off to the suicide prevention hotline. I could do that myself. Me. Who are you, my mother? <laughs> so Frasier's tactic to solicit phone calls is he threatens the audience. He says, after no calls are coming in, and he goes, well, Seattle... You leave me no choice, and begins singing. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. The calls light up. Full board, full of phone calls. If you were a supervillain, you should take Seattle hostage, because they'll fold immediately. But uh, Frazier has clearly uh, learned that he can get what he wants by acting out with his singing. This yep. isn't the first time this has happened, clearly. No, clearly this is... He went right to it. There was no hesitation. It's he his knew. first move. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is his version <laughs> of a tantrum he picked up early on in life. Right. Uh, Martin Crane was telling him, uh, Fraser, you've got to eat your vegetables. There's still some green beans on your plate. No. I want candy. Uh, 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 <laughs> I want candy. Uh, Fra- Fraser, uh, you got to uh, eat uh, these uh, vegetables. Uh, uh, I want candy. Uh, uh, uh. Eh, eh. All right, fine. Just stop that insufferable singing, boy. <laughs> when the moon hits your eye, that's a big pizza pie. That's some more. <laughs> I want candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet there wasn't a moment in Frazier's life that he didn't 
this was his, his go-to movie. It was his move on the honeymoon with Lilith, I think. And like, <laughs> let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. And she, Lilith was like, fine. <laughs> Martha Paxton. Okay, we're going to be talking about old Martha a lot. She is a painter made up for this episode. Mm-hmm. She basically looks like Uncle Fester if he were to compete in RuPaul's Drag Race. Absolutely. <laughs> She's got a full shaved head to the scalp. She's wearing a poncho. Big lady. Imagine if James Gandolfini was going through chemotherapy and decided he was cold, so he put on a poncho. <laughs> she looks like if uh, Michael Chiklis. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> That's it. Just imagine Michael Chiklis. So her thing of wearing the poncho right. is that way she would not have to shake anyone's hands. Right. Maybe You can't see her hands, so right. you're thinking, oh man, maybe... Maybe. She doesn't have them? What, what's going on down there? Yeah, Frit Niles tries to shake her hand, <laughs> and she does not does nothing. He sticks his hand right out there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, mm. Yeah, doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say, I'd rather not. She just looks at him. No. And he's like, oh. And then he like pathetically shakes the poncho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or he's he like, tears it off. We'll see what's really happening. <laughs> and like, oh, no. And it's just all hands. There's like a thousand There's hands a thousand in there. Hands. Yeah. This isn't Martha Paxton at all. This is pull off Poncho. It's a skeleton with skin on it. She looks so strikingly unusual with mm-hmm. Michael Chiklis looking ass. <laughs> She's gonna be roasted by street punks. <laughs> oh, Michael Chiklis looking ass. <laughs> oh, stage four terminal cancer looking ass. Oh, oh, you can beat this. Be strong. Live strong. <laughs> Oh, I'm an artist, so I don't need to conform to standards of apparel looking ass. Right. <laughs> like you it's missed like... a clean globe. <laughs> yeah. Full moon looking ass. Uh-huh. Wheel of cheese, motherfucker. That <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. Wheel of cheese looking <laughs> Like Fraser attempting to roast someone. Yes. Miss Paxson's head is so round and white that MTV had an astronaut plant a flag <laughs> into it in 1984. <laughs> so Fraser is doing his radio show and he mentions he purchased a Martha Paxson painting and had it displayed in his apartment. So as luck would have it, Martha Paxson is listening to the show, calls in to Frasier on air, and Roz takes the call but does not let Frasier know until after he's off the air. And Frasier is upset at Roz for not patching Martha in (laughs) immediately. He's, ah, how could you put her on hold? That is Martha Paxson, esteemed artist. How could you? Didn't you see my list of approved callers, Roz? I have a very thorough list. If anyone of importance in 1993, which is our year, (laughs) to remind them. Which is the year we are currently broadcasting in. Points at the camera, winks. (laughs) Winks. (laughs) Roz, I'm very cross with you. So if you not refer to my approved list, we have Martha Paxton, Cindy Lopner, and then the Kurt Cobain death phone tree. Yes, Ross, if any news comes up about Kurt Cobain and his unexpected demise, you must patch in that information <laughs> right away. If preempt the show. If his wife calls in, I forget her name. Something Courtney. Is it love? Is it Courtney hate? I forget. It's Courtney Amore. <laughs> Courtney Amore calls in. Patch her right in. 
Martha Paxton, you Marlon Brando from the, the island of Dr. Moreau-looking motherfucker. <laughs> That's pretty good. I was like, who else is bald and or fat that we can... You Chumley from Pawn Stars looking at... <laughs> I don't even know who that is. That's great. Just clip this into like 45 back, seconds. Back to back looking ass. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So we once again have Daphne being eccentric, and by that I mean English. So she's describing her opinion of the afterlife, saying that, you know, your experience of death is you see the light and you're heading towards it, but then you get every joke you didn't get in life. You let out a little chuckle, and then you die. Yeah, if you've ever gone to an open mic comedy performance <laughs> and been like, geez, how long? <laughs> There was only one funny guy. Wait till you die. Oh my gosh. You are going to be laughing as you're going toward that light. Your ectoplasmic cheeks are going to be so sore from laughing. This is something that is a plot question. So is Daphne telling this story about the experience of death? Is this theory or is this experience? We'll bring this around to a psychic thing. I think she touched someone and saw oh. like, oh, they're going to die soon. Like this was coming in just as she like, you know, I'm a bit psychic. Give me your hand. And they go, oh, how fun. Oh, my. You'll be dying within seven days. Well, don't be afraid. <laughs> <laughs> You know, here's my opinion of what happens when we die. It's a, quite a bit of a laugh. <laughs> yeah, because we just cut into her conversation. She's discussing what happens when you die. So what if that was what we missed? <laughs> what a horrible party guest. <laughs> She's just shaking random people's yes. hands like, oh, no. In 24 hours, you'll be driving in the rain. You're going to skid off the road and crash into the medium. You're going to fly through the car and be impaled by a street sign. And then you'll get that last New Yorker joke. So it's a happy ending. <laughs> is anybody up for some tea? Yeah. <laughs> and she just like, this thought is, there's a dog working at an investment bank, and the caption says, well, the Nikkei's down today, but I'm feeling up for it. And then you go, huh, I get it now. Ooh. And fade into nothing. Okay. <laughs> you just fade into nothingness. <laughs> <laughs> that's her cliffhanger it feels you good you'll get every joke everything will be great oh by the way there's no hell there's no heaven <laughs> see you guys later <laughs> oh i've got some british tea <laughs> i would just love to see that scene these missing cuts for her description of what death is like, like all right you're going to get into oh i did, forgot to do a british accent on the other one <laughs> it doesn't matter british accent is bad it's insulting to the british <laughs> and that'd be great if this show is a hit and we're getting right. a global success <laughs> right people are liking it except uh, for fucking england right and they're like oi that's not how we brits talk <laughs> oh, oh, this bit's offensive i do <laughs> i'm gonna get back to cleaning this chimney <laughs> uh, adrian laura you've insulted the queen <laughs> was that a ghost british person <laughs> Adrian Laura, you've insulted the Queen. <laughs> the monarchy's very important to us here in Sussex. <laughs> I'm now imagining a warriors esque encounter when you go to England. Adrian Laura, <laughs> come out and play. <gasps> and you'll have to fight your way through like chimney sweeps and uh, soccer hooligans. 
Women with umbrellas. Women Mary... with umbrellas. Uh-huh. Uh, women pushing oversized prams with a uh, <laughs> canopy on top. Oh, this here's your master ceremonies going in. Adrian Laura's had quite the time in the South End, but now he's moving on to the mid cities. Let's get groovy, y'all. That's great. That's just a deep <laughs> reference. <laughs> Adrian Laura, <laughs> come out and play. <laughs> the uh, party is moving along, and uh, Niles uh, runs into Roz. Roz says to Niles, Hey, Niles, I'm sure you don't remember me. Uh. I'm Roz. Oh, yes, Roz, I remember you. Hey, please keep an eye on that man with the cane. There we <laughs> yeah. go. He's like, oh, yes, I remember you. You're low status. Here, let me put you to work. Because you're working class. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself if you were not working. Right. He thinks she's his personal assistant. I mean, what else does he ask her to do? Is like, Roz, uh, could you be a deer? Could you go uh, break apart this 10-pound bag of ice? <laughs> that's great like it really changes the dynamic of the party to Douglas. Roz could you be a deer and haul this overfilled leaking bag of garbage over to the dumpster uh, Roz could you be a deer could you go down to the corner and blend in with a group of prostitutes and then get them to walk away from the front of our building thank you <laughs> it does make you wonder why she is there but I guess he, the contact was made at the show. Right. Well, I think it was like, once again, Fraser has to throw together another ill-conceived party, get the guest list together. Yeah, he needs people to fill out mm-hmm. the roster. So it's a favor. Hey, Ross, thanks for doing this for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be so terrified if no one showed up. To honor this melted candle-looking ass Martha Paxton. <laughs> nice, you brought it back. This congealed menudo-looking ass. <laughs> this state puff marshmallow <laughs> look at ass <laughs> this cottage cheese formed into a snowman left in the sun looking ass <laughs> this pile of bricks with a tarp thrown over it looking ass <laughs> that's great man <laughs> so much of this just callbacks if you look at ass <laughs> It's like, oh, it's trash week, and you put all your cut-down limbs that blown down in the rainstorm out on the front before the trash man comes and picks them up. Look at ass. <laughs> oh, I'm about to be electrocuted in an electric chair, so I had to shave my entire body. Look at ass. All right, so I guess we should get on the main dilemma of the episode. Right. So the, the thing is, like, Frazier's overcommitted to this. He's gotten patrons of the art here. He's got friends and family here. And he's just like, thank you for coming, Margaret Paxton. This work I purchased of yours, such a great use of color, such a great expression. It speaks to the human soul. It speaks to our experience that you painted. She's like, I didn't paint that. And he's like, no, you, of course not. Uh, you uh, created it. Uh, you willed it into existence. And she's like, no, it's not mine. And he's like, oh, no, it's it's the world's now. You know, it's <laughs> a, the collective human experience. Uh, no, that's it's a forgery. In that nothing is a true expression of one's <laughs> intentions. And uh, really, anything is an impression of something. No, in that I'm saying that is not mine. I did not paint it. You got ripped off. Oh, in the way that nothing can literally (laughs) be transmitted by one's intentions into a true platonic expression of one's thoughts, feelings, and soul. Of course not. We're in a flawed universe, right? Uh, Fraser, I'm leaving. 
And the entire party leaves. Fraser is, he's embarrassed, obviously. Right. Fooled mm-hmm. to, into purchasing a forgery. Mm-hmm. Looks like that old crane boy done bought himself another fake painting. How's he going to get himself out of this one? <laughs> so yeah, he's embarrassed. But when he attempts to return the painting, right. try to get some money back. And the uh, the guy tries to like handle him, you know, work him. I'd like to return this painting. And it's such a lovely painting. Would you like some wine? No, I, I don't want painting. I want to get my money back. Like, well, that's too bad. How about this cheese? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I don't want any of that. I want to return this painting because it's not a Paxton. And he brings like his three assistants or he's like, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> this is a Paxton. Look at the signature. Yeah, it was great. It was like three yes men that were like, oh yes, this is a great painting. It's mm-hmm. a Paxton. No, Frazier's all like, no, I am telling you it is not a Paxton. I had the artist herself, Martha Paxton, tell me it is not a work of hers. <laughs> Looks like the old crane boy got Got himself swindled by an art dealer again. How's he gonna get out of this pickle? <laughs> he gives up, goes back to uh, his father, licking his wounds. Dad, who do I escalate this to? Which is great because I like for a moment. This is how, how dumb I am. <laughs> when the father said, "Yeah, call the police department and ask to speak to the fine arts forgery department." And you're like, "Oh yeah, that checks out." Uh, yeah, he's like gets an earful, and then Art Marty apparently knows everyone in the department except for being like retired. It's been a long time since he's worked for the police department, and he gets on the phone with the person who answers the call. Like, "Hey, Josie, is that you? Hey. Oh, it's Martin Crane. I'm just messing with my boy." <laughs> Really, he knows everyone, but I feel like people have to have dropped off, you know, like, oh, hey, uh, hey, it's Marty Crane, Doris. Well, what, I mean, what happened to Doris? Really? Three years now? I mean, what about Josie down in record? Uh, oh, wow, she died? I didn't even hear about that. She didn't, uh, I would have wanted to go to the funeral. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I know I shouldn't call the police as a, bra- uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. He wouldn't happen to have any uh, old dead hooker <laughs> photographs lying around. <laughs> I love the idea of like him calling the cops or him calling and him just bullshitting with them. Like, hey, what's going on? How's the wife and kids? Oh, come on. Their cooking's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's all these calls coming into the switchboard. <laughs> that, the tie down. <laughs> like, help! There's someone with a gun in here. Why won't the police answer the... <laughs> How do I get a busy signal at the police department? All right, folks. Due to a bunch of killjoys, we're only going to have two lines dedicated to prank calls. Could try to keep it to line 68 and line <laughs> eh, 69. Nice, am <laughs> nice, I right? Yeah. Yeah. All joke calls. If you want to tell your uh, grandson to call the uh, federal boob instructor line, <laughs> yeah. 68, 69. It's fine, but, you know. I don't want to get bitched at. By the city council for another wrongful death lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fraser is ridiculously pissed about the art dealer not giving him his money back. So, he starts going through his mind, and they, his family has to start talking him down about what his thoughts are. But he's saying ridiculous things. <laughs> like, I'm going to go slash his tires, <laughs> or I'm going to throw a brick through his window, or I'm going to follow him home and get a gallon of gasoline and burn his house down while his family's asleep. I'm going to knock him out with some hydrogen chloride. <laughs> I'm going to put him in his car and close the garage door so he dies of monoxide poisoning. (laughs) Then I'll have the final laugh. His family will be crying. (laughs) 
feel like Frazier would not handle being ripped off in this manner. Yeah. Like, this is out of character, Frazier getting this pissed off. I think he would be the type to, like, he would make a banner and, like, display it in front of the... He'd have picket signs, right. TV up. We'd, like, rent a billboard and, yeah. like, you know, if you want to get ripped off, go to this gallery. Frazier decides there's no justice like street justice, and he goes to uh, throw a brick through the window. He's That's his plan. Break. He's not good at crime. <laughs> if I were to do a crime, uh, I would not wear a suit. I would not wear <laughs> anything that made me look like myself. He's walking around with a brick in his hand. Right. Like, put the brick in your briefcase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, have a shopping bag, an Armani right. shopping bag. end. yes. Okay, you get the brick, you put it in a plastic shopping bag. You put the plastic shopping bag in the Armani bag. Then, you sound like you've thrown bricks before. Well, I'm th- thinking about it now. <laughs> you have your leather driving gloves. Mm-hmm. Wear those. Yep. Then also in the Armani bag, you have a ski mask. Mm-hmm. So then once it's crime time, put on your ski mask. Grab the shopping bag brick. And then you just huck it with the shopping bag at the window. Oh, the entire shopping like bag. Like a oh. sling. Yeah, that's great. So you don't even have to take it out. You don't right. have to touch the brick. That's smart. You just go bam. Then you take the gloves and you take the ski mask and you burn them. The yeah. perfect crime. But he- no, like an idiot, <laughs> Frazier's out there, has a suit on. Mm-hmm. Just, he's not even wearing any kind of baseball cap or anything. Conceal his face. And it's his suit is the thing. It's not just like a nondescript yeah. two-button gray suit. Some brown three-piece number that's probably has like a Frazier Crane monogram on it. <laughs> yeah. And also, he's a famous person in right. this world. At least two couples pass by him. In this world, it's just as likely that one of those people recognize him. Like, oh, it's Frazier Crane from the radio. <laughs> Fraser Crane. Oh, oh hey, yeah, wait up. Oh, you got a brick there, Fraser. Oh, you throwing a throwing something in rage? <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you for an autograph, but I feel like you're in kind of a, <laughs> a furious state right now. Uh, Fraser, see you're uh, carrying a brick there. Are you uh, trying to exact some sort of revenge on someone? <laughs> Uh, then Niall shows up and his captain bring down <laughs> and talks Fraser out of it. He says, uh, you know, if you act like a barbarian, you'll become a barbarian. And this story would only work on Fraser. Like, if I made the effort to come out with the brick, it's brick time. Yeah. If you made the effort, like you got in your car, you commuted mm-hmm. from one place to another, you have a brick, your intention is to throw it through a window so you get all the way there. You got your brick throwing suit. <laughs> You're ready to go, but your brother arrives and talks you out of it. You just weren't in, that you just didn't feel that ripped off. But then uh, Fraser triggers Niles by causing Niles to remember a previous humiliating experience where uh, I don't know how old uh, Niles was. Uh, cool. Let's say eighteen. Let's say he's eighteen. <laughs> okay, yeah. And he was naked. Was uh, given some humiliating nicknames. Uh, Peach what? fuzz. Peach fuzz. You know, uh, raisinette. Old wrinkly. <laughs> And uh, he gets filled with rage and throws the brick. I feel like missed opportunity for a joke. Niles were to like totally bobble throwing the brick, which is why you use the sling. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like it hits the window and then bounces off. <laughs> and hits him in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has to go to the hospital. Right. <laughs> So Frazier is putting up his art in a place of honor in his house, <laughs> namely the bathroom. Positioned above the toilet. And one perspective, you're like, oh, okay, it's behind me. It's literally at the back of his head. He's going to look at it every day. Although Frazier may be the type of guy that pees sitting down. <laughs> That's valuable reading time, Adrian. <laughs> yeah. 
But still, let's assume he urinates standing up. If we assume that, which is a big if. Even so, he's going to look at this painting every day. Right. Multiple times a day. Every now and then, he's going to wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, he's going to drink too much sherry. One day, he's going to be hovering over the toilet on his knees, facing that toilet. <laughs> He's going to look up and see this painting. Niles, I'm looking at this fake Paxton and I'm rage peeing again. <laughs> it's an interesting choice because what he could have done, an alternative ending to this could have been him taking it out by the dumpster and some homeless guy finds it and they're like, oh, this is nice. Oh, whatever. <laughs> he takes it and sells it back to the art dealer. Right. Or some kind of cycle repeats. But no, Fraser chooses to display it in his toilet. The Paxton has won. Bill Paxton always wins. <laughs> That'd be great if there was like a, a line of jokes built around Bill Paxton the way it is around Chuck Norris. <laughs> Bill Paxton doesn't chase tornadoes. Tornadoes chase him because they want his autograph. <laughs> Bill Paxton didn't walk on the moon. That's the moon trying to get away. <laughs> In Predator 2, the Predator was Bill Paxton. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm Greg Catapodi. This Martha Paxton looking ass has been Adrian Lara. And this has been Frazier. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. Hey, listeners. Did you know that starting with episode three, we offer premium episodes on Patreon? What? Are you telling me, Adrian, that I can get twice the comedy by going to Patreon and signing up for the Frazier premium service? Yes, I am, Adrian. You're a genius. Thanks, Adrian. So guys, stop wasting time. Just click the link in the description below to sign up for our premium episodes. Do it.